Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for December 3rd, 2021. I'm your host, Janet Garcia, and joining me is award-winning IGN reporter Rebecca Valentine. What's good, Rebecca? Hi, Janet. I'm so happy we're finally doing this. All right. Right? Right? <laughs> also, I love the intro. It's so festive. I have not been here for a December so episode yet. It's so cute. Little jingle bells. But yeah. How are you doing? How is everything? Uh, I don't know. It's good. I... Man, like the so I, the last time I was on this show was in 2019, which I was in person in San Francisco for GDC. But now, like like everything has changed. I, I work at IGN now. I live in San Francisco. Uh, well, in the Bay Area, uh, it's great here. It's beautiful. Every time I go outside, I'm just like, how do you all live like this with the mountains and the ocean just right there, being beautiful and incredible? Uh, and everything's great. Everything's real good. That's awesome to hear. Where were you before, if you don't mind me asking? I was in Kansas City, which is an amazing place that I love with all my heart and miss very much, but it is very different and I'm happy to be here. Yes, that's a really nice way to say that, that sentiment. But, you know, I totally agree. Like, I'm from Chicago originally, which is, I, I love Chicago, but California, it's just night and day. And, like, being able to walk outside and not, like, be freezing constantly uh, is just, like, a revelation, honestly. Changes yeah, everything. Free freezing or melting, right? Because Kansas City is just these wild, skewed seasons you're either yeah. you're, there's like two weeks in the spring and two weeks in the fall where the weather is normal and everybody is ah and wonderful and wearing hoodies and then it immediately just changes for for dire, dire yeah it's water. pretty much never like a good weather time in chicago yeah. it was the same deal where it's like two weeks that's kind of it but uh let's go ahead and get into today's stories which include playstation's game pass competitor take two and it takes two copyright drama and paper mario plus the future of nso and more because this is kind of funny games daily we're each and every weekday at 10 a.m live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games if you're watching live you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong if you don't want to watch live you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com or listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and Fortnite to help support kind of funny to be part of the show head over to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free along with the exclusive daily post show some housekeeping for you. A thank you to our Patreon producers, Pranksy, Blackjack, and Greg Miller returns to content next month. Nick should quit now. I don't know who wrote this in here. I'm just reading what's in here. Don't know who wrote that, but like shout out or negative shot to them. <laughs> Today we're brought to you by Purple Mattress, DraftKings, and Liquid IV, but we'll tell you more about that later. For now, let's begin what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. A baker's dozen. 
And let's kick it off with a headliner. PlayStation plans new service to take on Xbox Game Pass. This comes from Jason Schreier over at Bloomberg, where he writes, Sony PlayStation's division is planning a new subscription service to compete with rival Microsoft's popular Xbox um, Xbox Game Pass, according to people familiar with Sony's plans and documents reviewed by Bloomberg. The service, codenamed Spartacus, which is, I feel like is a very Xbox-sounding name, but I digress, will allow PlayStation owners to pay a monthly fee for access to a catalog of modern and classic games, said the people who asked not to be identified because they weren't authorized to speak to the press about the plans. When it launches, expected in the spring, the service will merge Sony's two existing subscription plans, PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now. Currently, PlayStation Plus is required for most online multiplayer games and offers free monthly tri titles, while PlayStation Now allows users to stream or download older games. Documents reviewed by Bloomberg suggest that Sony plans to retain the PlayStation Plus branding, but phase out PlayStation Now. Rebecca, what's your background with PlayStation, these services, and what do you make of this? Does it surprise you? We've always, I feel like there's been a conversation for months, if not years, about will PlayStation make a Game Pass competitor? Is PS Now already a Game Pass competitor? Are you surprised to hear this? No, not remotely surprised. My, my background with PlayStation is going to depress all the PlayStation people. I have very little background with PlayStation. I love a lot of their games, but just haven't really ever owned a Sony until I showed up at with Imran and he's got his PS5 downstairs. Uh, but like, yeah, obviously, obviously they were going to do this at some point. The, the, it's all going to come down to what games, how many games and how far ahead Xbox keeps getting ahead of them, right? Because Xbox Game Pass is is a lot of games. It is just an absurd amount of games, constant games. But also on top of that, they have been adding to this sort of subscription value proposition thing they're trying to come up with. They've got like xCloud, they're sort of dabbling in there. They've got all these other things they keep tacking onto it. Uh, so they seem like they're already several steps ahead. And I think if Sony, I mean, if, I mean, the people who love PlayStation, who they look at that and they see a bunch of games that they want to play, they're going to get it. But to catch up to the absurd Game Pass numbers that Xbox already has, they're, I mean, you know, they're going to have to come out with something pretty exciting. And I think it's going to come down to what what games are on there, how many games are on there, how long do they stay on there, and how often do they add to it? Yeah, for sure. Are you someone that has Game Pass then in that case? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you think? Okay, so what's with PlayStation being like kind of like a newer thing for you? Is there something that inherently would entice you personally as someone? Because I feel like in a sense, you're part of that target market, right? Of trying to get customer acquisition and new people in. What would make you say this is a service that I need to add to like my repertoire of gaming? Yeah, I mean, I think so. The thing about Game Pass with me is when when the Series X and S came out, I was very cash strapped. And I looked at the I wanted a next gen console and I looked at the available things and I could get a Series S for a, a decently low cost and also Game Pass. And that was just a gajillion games. And most of most of the new stuff that had been coming out lately or somewhat recently that I wanted to catch up on. And I didn't have to pay, you know, what like six hundred dollars like like the price of a series x or a ps5 on top of like multiple 60 dollars titles to get that and that was great and so now there's kind of a ps5 sitting downstairs that i could theoretically play some games on and i think i think it would be very easy to sell me on something like this because it would give me a very easy and cheap way to catch up on things that i had missed and you know all these games especially if they have 
maybe not brand new games on there, but some more recent stuff like like Ghost of Tsushima that was just like last year. But if that was on there, I would like eat that up or just some games over the last couple of years that I hadn't gotten a chance to pick up yet. I think that would be a very easy sell to me personally. But also there's just too many video games. I don't know that I can handle two subscription services at once. I already have too many video games sitting around. That, that's what happened with me with like stuff like Apple Arcade when, and even to a degree Game Pass where I'll bounce on and off of Game Pass based on if I actually think I'm going to, you know, take the time to go and play through that library. Um, it's worth noting that it's expected to be also like a tiered model with PS Plus benefits being the first tier, um, P- tier two being access to PS4 and select PS5 games, and then tier three being access to a classic library. So I imagine that's kind of more mm. where PS Now is. For me, my questions come up with, is this going to be, um, you know, if it's access to classic libraries, will that just be like PS Now poured it over and dropped in and like that's the classic access and then you know tier two kind of sounds like to me the biggest appeal point with access to those newer games like you were mentioning um for me i'm a i'm a little bit more surprised than you that it's gonna be a thing at least potentially right like so far that's the rumor just because i felt like I feel like the strength that Xbox has with Game Pass is really that first party day and date. And I don't see or hear from this that Sony's going that way. So it just seems like kind of like what you're mentioning, where it's like it's just you're just going to create a weaker Game Pass, which is still better than what's there now. Oh, there's a cat here. What's the cat's name? Oh, this is Robo. (laughs) Yeah, she loves to be on streams. How old is Robo? She's seven. I'm surprised your cat does the cat just climb onto the desk like from the floor or is there like a tiered structure that gets them up there? She jumped into my lap. I'm in a chair and she just jumped up into my lap. That's so nice. See, my cat like doesn't do that. My cat will just stand by me and like sometimes uh-huh. start screaming, but that's it, kind of it. It gets probably like Tom does the same thing, like where he'll just jump on my lap while I'm working and it's like, dude, stop. <laughs> I'm focusing. Yeah, no, for sure. Cats are awesome. Um, but yeah, like I'm a little bit surprised just because it doesn't seem quite in the ethos of what they're doing overall. Like while Xbox, that's very much their entire jam. Um, that being said, though, I think still improving the model is a good idea. I mean, me and Blessing just talked about this with our PS Now review, which I'm now so thankful that we did right before this kick because I'm like, it would have been so irrelevant <laughs> and we would have just had to skip that episode entirely. And I would have played all these old games for absolutely no reason so um yeah i'm excited to see this um i you know obviously it's still technically a rumor um i'm hoping that this comes to fruition it sounds uh really interesting i think it'll make for um an interesting 2022 which i think we are at that point we're starting to look ahead and see okay what are the big game releases what are the big events happening um and yeah this looks like one of them so uh stay tuned for more official information on that and when we'll actually hear about uh what this is going to look like uh, let's go ahead and move on to story number two, which is Joseph Ferris's It Takes Two hit by Take-Two Claim. This comes from Tom Phillips over at Eurogamer. For some context, It Takes Two is Hazelight Studios' latest co-op mandatory platformer game, and Take-Two is a publisher that has studios like 2K, Rockstar, Private Division, and more. I'm going into the article. It takes to the acclaimed co-op puzzler about a pair of divorcing parents was struck by a trademark claim shortly after being released this year. It has emerged. Records show developer Hazelight was subsequently forced to abandon ownership of the name. In a statement to Eurogamer this week, a Hazelight spokesperson said the studio cannot comment on ongoing disputes, but the team was hopeful it will be resolved. Still, Hazelight did not dispute that it had been forced to abandon the trademark to its game because of Take-Two something which can be seen in this notice of abandonment sent to the U.S. Patent Office shortly after Take-Two's claim was filed. 
The team also did not comment on how this has impacted Hazelight's ability to sell or market It Takes Two currently, any plans to rename the game, or ideas for any potential sequel. Eurogamer has contacted Take Two for comment. It Takes Two is the victim in a volley of trademark and copyright claims from publisher Take Two, and just one of dozens of claims issued this year against a wide array of businesses and products. U.S. Patent Office records show Take-Two is behind filings to contest numerous names with connections to words like Rockstar, Social Club, Mafia, Civilization, and more. These include a Beijing company's trademark of the brand Star Rocks, the name of clothing brand Max Fane, plus, which I just think is really funny, <laughs> plus numerous restaurants, tattoo parlors, and other small businesses who had used the word Rockstar in their name. And then jumping down kind of further in the story, there's even more examples of those if you want to go and read that in its entirety. Uh, it reads, if you look at the trial and appeals board, you can see that Take-Two has filed at least extension requests for 20 five challenges in the last three months. Most other game companies go back six or seven years to get that number. Take-Two is being very, very aggressive. It Takes Two, by comparison, isn't a company name, and it's um, of limited use in any event to the sheer number of goods and services that already use the phrase. I would suspect that they simply wind up going untrademarked and relying on copyright. Um, what do you make of this? I know there's been a lot of conversation on, you know, the perception of take two in relation to the it, it takes two drama which also i didn't connect the two very much like name wise even though they do have similar naming structures but now that this story came out i cannot it is so hard to read them but maybe it's because i'm reading them back to back but it takes two take two it all kind of blends together for me at this point yeah i this is one of those really funny moments as a person who writes news for a living where i looked at the story yesterday because there was a list of these trademark claims circulate circulating on reddit and i looked at this and i thought this is not news because this this is from th this started in october of last year this is when this happened uh and and take two has been filing these trademark claims going back to like june of last year and no, I mean, honestly, even before that, actually, I mean, they've been doing this forever. This is what companies do. They just like yell about trademarks all the time. It's this aggressive move to protect their brand. And I, I have had it explained to me that at least, I mean, Take-Two is being unnecessarily aggressive here, but at least some of the reason why companies are this aggressive is if they do let some of this stuff go and just kind of ignore it. There have been situations where people have kind of come out and then like encroached on their brand in a way that actually was, did end up harmful to it. And then the courts were like, oh, well, you didn't do anything about all the others, so why do you care about this one so much? Um, that's like very anecdotal, though. Uh, this is this is just kind of companies doing what companies do, albeit Take Two is being a little more pushy about it than usual. The fact that they had to sort of abandon their claim to It Takes Two doesn't mean anything for the game. I mean, the game is still called It Takes Two. That's that's not going to change. Take Two can't take them to court and be like, you have to retroactively change the name of your game. They, that like that would not fly in any situation whatsoever. Um, but yeah, some of these are very funny. Going back here, they filed a claim against Rockstar Axe Throwing, uh, <laughs> which is really funny to me. Uh, oh, there was one on the first page uh, that was really good. Um, oh, they they filed one against something called 42 Dot Incorporated because they have a subsidiary called Play Dots. Um, it just has the word dot in it. So they can just do this to whoever kind of vaguely sounds like anything rockstar authors and tattoo parlors like literally anything with the word rockstar in it except rockstar energy i don't know if that was anywhere in here uh but maybe yeah it cuts the other way they're like it's like we're oh, gonna make it up because we don't want <laughs> you to do we don't want you to come for us um yeah, yeah i totally agree with that i mean i think 
you bring in that insight about how copyright works, at least like on a, you know, a quick hit level um, is important because, yeah, it is a little extra. And I think the contextualization that you're going to provide here of in comparison to other companies, like this is like a lot more aggressive than we normally see, but they also like have a lot underneath them. So I imagine they have like more angles to play up in that regard as well. Um, and yeah, like you have to kind of be aggressive about that kind of thing if you want to be able to do it long term. And like we have this conversation all the time with like Nintendo, as I'm sure you know, as someone who's on a Nintendo podcast of, you know, Nintendo will go after a oh birthday party if it's like if there's any amount of money like on the table. shaped like Mario. <laughs> No, lit- yeah, literally, like it's it's wild out there. But like that's part of of protecting that brand. I guess my question for you is: Do you think it, you know, the idea of public perception in terms of this being petty, like, does that matter at all? Or at the end of the day, does it all come down to, hey, do what you need to do to protect your brand and maintain your copyright, and no one's really going to care that deep, regardless? Like, it's not going to get you like a negative reputation from you know fans or what have you. I think a lot of these are a little petty, like the rockstar axe throwing thing. And, and it takes two, honestly. I mean, I think, I think the main headline here is, is a little bit petty of them. Uh, But also I think, I think they know that this is not going to matter to them in any way. I mean, kind of the, the thing that you figure out after doing this for so long is that bad headlines, it takes a lot of bad headlines for a company to actually impact business in any way. I mean, I think, I think we're finally seeing that with Activision Blizzard, maybe a little bit, but that took so much to finally have any kind of meaningful impact on their actual day-to-day business operations. I mean, I could write a dumb story about take two being petty today and it would matter not everyone forget about it tomorrow. Like, like Mm -hmm. nobody cares. This is not, their reputation is not going to suffer from this. They don't care. I do think if they, if they tried to be put like, say be pushy against it takes two and try to get them to like, I don't know, do something absurd, like rename their game or, or go after them like even more aggressively and try to go fight them in court over this and in a very meaningful and impactful way to the game itself. I think that would hurt them maybe the tiniest smidgen of a bit, but they also don't have a legal precedent to do that because it's a very different thing. They're not naming their company Take Two. They they named a game something different. And there's no, I, I'm pretty sure the, the precedent is something like there has to be... You, people would have to be reasonably confused. Like you have to prove to a judge that a person might look at it takes two and think, huh, is that the company take two interactive? And no one, like no one's doing that. No one cares. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I, I think they are doing this in a very low risk kind of petty way, but it, it's not going to matter. In the long the run. phrase low risk pettiness is I think something I'm just going <laughs> to incorporate into my daily vocabulary. Cause yeah, I think that's, that's absolutely right. Where sure. Maybe it makes you look petty, but like, that's not going to change anyone's overall like feelings or actions in terms of like consuming the products it's just like oh this seems extra but then even when you unpack it it's like it's only a little bit extra because like you mentioned this companies do this all the time it's just kind of a little bit of the way of the world um all companies engage in low-risk pettiness every single day yeah oh my god that's such (laughs) that is such a good quote like you need to tweet that out after this because that is that is so much of and I think like, you know, I one of not even when I first read your work, because I've been following your work for a really long time. But like, especially knowing you from gameindustry.biz, like it's just that is that is like the subhead of that site of like oh. digging into all of that information. <laughs> That's right. That's all of it. Yeah, 100 uh, percent. Let's talk about Paper Mario coming to Nintendo Switch online, which normally yeah. I would just put this to, you know, like a 
dates thing. Um, but one, I thought it'd be fun to uh, cite Jared Moore over at IGN. Um, and then two, I thought it'd be cool to kind of just discuss this in the context of NSO in general. So I'm going to go ahead and read through the write-up and then we can talk about uh, Pair Mario, which you seem really excited to talk about, which is awesome, and Switch Online and how that's going and what's what's coming up with that. It's a big service day. Uh, the article reads, Nintendo is set to add N64's Paper Mario to its Switch Online expansion pack service next week. As shared on Twitter by Nintendo, the N64 Classic will become the latest game that Switch Online subscribers holding a premium membership will be able to get their hands on. Available from December 10th, Paper Mario is set to join a number of other games available to fans through the service, including Super Mario 64, Star Fox 64, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, and more. Paper Mario was originally released for the N64 in 2000, becoming the first in a series that feels like not as long ago as I know it is, which yeah, is like a little really bit upsetting. Because it says like, that, there's oh, a two like, in front of it. There's not I'm a like, 19 oh, like in 10 front of it. Ago. It's like that yeah. was like a, a lifetime ago. Oh my gosh. Anyway, becoming the first in a series of Paper Mario spinoff titles to launch, offering a different perspective to the Mario franchise through its paper-thin characters, RPG-style gameplay, and turn-based combat. The new look quickly became popular with fans and critics alike. Nintendo's latest entry into the series is Paper Mario The Origami King, which was launched last year. Earlier this month, Nintendo said it would continue to improve and expand on its Switch Online service. The pledge came shortly after the company launched its premium expansion pack membership, which experienced a turbulent start to life after receiving backlash from fans. Uh, the service, which launched in October, grants fans access to an expanding catalog of N64 and Sega Mega Drive games, as well as paid DLC, currently in the form of Animal Crossing New Horizons Happy Home Paradise Pack, for a premium fee. Complaints from fans were varied. However, the most common issues seem to revolve around issues with input lag, sound delays, frame rate, and incorrect controller layouts. While Nintendo hasn't specifically mentioned the backlash from fans as the reason for its desire to improve the service, the company will likely be hoping that the addition of future popular N64 games, such as Paper Mario, will help improve the reaction. Uh, so, Paper Mario, how exciting is this addition, and when, what do you want ongoing to, like... Well, also, do you have this? Let's start. Do you have this service? Yes. Have I ever played like a it? classic <laughs> game on it? once <laughs> that that is more playtime than most people who have the service do and that's right. also like our initial conversation on services and do you actually use them yep that sounds about right yeah well there was there was a whole thing i think at one point where it, it, it I, if i remember right it kind of came out that the vast majority of people were not using the old like the old game services that existed even though everybody clamors for them to exist like when they come out you'll play the one game that you look at and you're like oh i can't believe they're putting that on there and then you forget about it i mean i have nintendo switch online because i play my nintendo switch online and i need to be able to do that and i wanted the happy home paradise dlc and i think i'm on like a i People are complaining about it being too expensive for the family plan and for like the the upgraded tier service. And I do think they're correct. But I also just got into a group chat with like seven of my friends and we all pay like I think $10 a year for the because we're all on the same family plan and none of us are related. It's honestly, it's great if you can do that. Uh, but yeah, like I don't think if I think if they put Donkey Kong 64 on here, I'd probably try to play Donkey Kong 64. <laughs> Is it because you played that as a kid or yes. because you... <laughs> it's, it's you like, like do you are you yeah. a Donkey, are you donkey Kong 64 apologist you're in good company no. here not with me because like that wouldn't be me but like with other people here you know i'm Don not October. an apologist it's a messy game that game has problems but i love it because it was like a childhood game i know i know that is not a good game here's a question when you played it as a kid did you also feel like it wasn't good but that you just had fun like i'm so curious about this even for myself like when did you start 
conceptualizing like, oh, this isn't this isn't well made or this isn't good to me. When I was a kid, things that were frustrating in that game felt frustrating because they were hard. As an adult, I now recognize that the things were frustrating because they were maybe badly done. Uh, like the the jetpack flying and the swimming and the race against the the turtle beetle guy, the one that makes that horrible laugh whenever you lose to him. Uh, yeah, like the, those things were frustrating because as a kid, I was like, no. And I had, you know, a whole summer off school and hours to spend trying to beat these things. And then I tried to replay this as, as an adult. And I'm like, oh, no, this was just not not well done. Uh, Paper Mario, I don't think is like that. Paper Mario, I think, is a very good game and a very good choice. Maybe maybe I'll play Paper Mario. On that. I don't know. Uh, would, this but, a, yeah, this... would this be a revisit for you on Paper Mario or a first time around? I didn't finish it the first time I played it. Just not for any particular reason. Just, you know, sometimes you don't finish games. Uh, so it would kind of be a revisit. But but yeah. What other titles are you looking for them to add to the service? And then what do you where, where are you at with the service? Like, how much do you like it? How good do you think it is? Like, where do you think it needs to go? I think it's like this sort of perpetual problem, right? Where it's it's pretty good. Like, the fact that it exists at all is nice. Um, I think they do keep adding more games to it. I do think when we were still in the NES and SNES era, they were just kind of adding a bunch of junk games that no one actually cared about. And Which uh, is weird because there were so many good games that still weren't on there. I'm yeah. like, y'all are rolling these out really early. Yeah, I think... I think they're, they're, Nintendo's like very weird about it. Um, I think if they ever brought it up to the GameCube era, I would go nuts and play all the GameCube games. That'd be um, really good. But also, I could just be suffering from the whole thing where we all go complain online about the games that is not, that are not on there, and then when they come out, we don't touch them. I could just be suffering from that. Uh, I, I mean, I think it's fine. I think it's fine. I'm glad. I wish... I mean, just like very broadly, I wish that classic games were more available just across the board. All platforms, everybody... Old games should be easily accessible and available to play. We have the technology to do it. Um, if if we're not going to do that, then if you're not going to put the games out there in a way that people can purchase them and actually keep them, then at least stop suing people for trying to make them available. Uh, I care about I actually do care about game preservation. This is not me just like trying to to champion emulators in a weird way or whatever but I, I think game preservation is actually important i think services like this help for game preservation when they're not actively ruining ocarina of time uh <laughs> but yeah i i wish they would add more games i wish they would stop being weird and cagey about what games they add when and why uh but it's like fine i'm glad they're available i'm glad they yeah. exist even if i don't actively play them yeah they're just like they're, they're they're it's nice to know that they're there right waiting in the wings um i i'm very much waiting to do any upgrade if at all for my Nintendo Switch Online, which I've talked about in the show before, where I'm like, I just don't I don't care to like take this upgrade. I don't feel like there's enough there for like the price increase that they're doing, even if the overall money is actually like fairly low contextualized with what else I spend on games. Right. Because, again, money is different for everybody. So maybe you're just like, ah, whatever. I just want to have it available. Uh, and I'm I am on the other plan, find, too. Find seven people. See, that's, <laughs> here's the thing here's and i don't want to like start anything i don't want to start anything with like whatever whoever's in that group chat right but how is there a level of fear that you're gonna have to like have this ongoing financial relationship with this squad and it's a small financial relationship it's not like huge but like you know i feel like that would be my fear of like you know eight seven people six seven people that like i'm never that i might you know maybe drift away from casually or not or have to like message them like hey by the way like quick pay me that one dollar and then it seems like i hate requesting well, like yeah, really like, low amounts of money I, from people it's just so complicated go ahead <laughs> i feel like venmo makes that so much easier like we're in a world yeah. where it's like 
You set a reminder once a year. Because, I mean, like, me and Tim and Cool Greg, same family plan for phones. So once a year, I hit them up and I'm like, all right, guys, give me the phone bill for the, for the rest of the year. And they're like, there it is. And then it's, it's, it's so easy to resolve, you know? Where it's like, yeah, in the past it was difficult when it was like, you had to meet up with someone and be like, yeah, I need $7. And they'd be like, all right, here's the seven. You know what I mean? And now, <laughs> why, now it's why just- is it, Why was it so cagey? <laughs> Handy seven dollars. Well, yeah, why, I mean, why was it described in such a cagey way? Like meet me behind the Dunkin' Donuts and hand. hand <laughs> that's the just how things were. That's how things were. Everything felt like a drug deal, you know. And now <laughs> do, things are do better. You remember the era? Do y'all remember the era of like you're trying to meet up with somebody and you just have to be like, I'm gonna be here at this time. Uh-huh. I will wait X oh amount of time. Yep. And if you're if not you're... there, I have to presume you're dead. I yep. have to, and I have yep. to go home. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no, God. I don't. I don't think this is going to be a huge problem because like it's it's ten dollars a year, and so my anticipation is what's going to happen is in I don't remember when we bought this, but in in however many months from now that is, my friend is going to send out a group message and say, "Hey, it's renewal time for this. Can you all mm-hmm. send me ten bucks? Uh, if you want out, let me know. And if someone wants out, we'll renegotiate. But I mean, yeah. even if I even I I. I do not have any fears that we're going to stop being friends. But if for some reason we did drift apart, apart from like some catastrophic, explosive anger blowout, which I don't think will happen. Uh, I, I think like even if I didn't know these people super well or wasn't talking to them very much, I think a message going, hey, the Nintendo renewal is up, Venmo me $10. Like whatever, I'll Venmo you $10 and get my Nintendo for the year. Who cares? Yeah, I'm on, I am on a family plan, but it's with, I think it's only with my actual family, which is not as many as the amount of people that you can have on there. I've thought about expand, but then also now it's not under my name. So like I haven't expanded it to more people. I think it's just me, my brother, Maggie, Isaiah. I think we have four people on there total. It's pretty solid. It's pretty, but also like reasonable. we just do a trade off system, which I know people are going to be upset about because they're like, you're losing money on this trade off system. I don't care because I'm like dumb and I want to be simple. <laughs> so like he plays for that. Like we no longer do the whole like, oh, let's like calculate all these services. It's like, look, he, he has that. I don't know who who pays for Hulu, but I, I'm I'm watching Hulu. I'm watching Modern Family. I don't know where the who's getting the check or who's cutting the check, but it's streaming. I pay for Spotify, which almost Family Plan, which almost no one uses except for my brother, I think. Um, Maggie pays for Apple Music already. She was like, I was already gonna pay for it, so like y'all just get Apple Music now, even though I never use it. And I don't know who has Netflix, but honestly, I'm coming up pretty good in this deal because I'm dropping 15 for like 20 services yeah. through Spotify. But that's what we've done. It's like a not a bartering system. I don't know what you would call it besides like financial nonsense, but that's, that's what, what that's what we have going on. Honestly, yeah, like well, that's I, what most people do. Yeah. I, I don't like that certain companies are like, uh, just a heads up, we're gonna fight this. And it's like uh, like oh, HBO that, Max yeah. has threatened to be like, just so you know, in, in the, like we're figuring out the technology so it's only one household. And it's like uh. fuck you guys. I'm like, just so you know, you sound like a bitch. Okay, yeah. Like, we all know this is this is the way of the world. You know, I feel like this is the I'm trying to think of an older version of getting like a weird deal. But this is what I mean. We used to like I feel like, too, like back in the day, there were plenty of ways to like I mean, you wouldn't monitor like if I rent something from Blockbuster, anyone can watch it until I yeah. don't have to get you know, it's not your business how many people are in the room watching this, you know, like this is, I feel like it's in that vein. I think I'm okay with like, if services want to be petty like that, maybe having like, oh, you get this many, which they kind of already do. I mean, you can only watch like have Netflix running like so many times yeah. across devices before it's like oh, something's 
not right. Um, but I've even done that like to a degree with Game Pass, which was hilarious because like I, I haven't done that like for all the time because it is pretty affordable anyway. But I was playing the medium. And I was like at the end and I was streaming too. And I was like, okay, like we finished the medium y'all and I'm talking about it. And then literally like I get the notification, like, like uh, Jordan kid trying to log in. I'm like, Isaiah, get off the Xbox. Okay. I'm trying, I'm trying to work like right now. Everyone knows I'm broke or just over here min maxing the freaking Xbox game pass, which is already. But that's everybody. Cheap, but everybody does yeah. that. And Nintendo is actively encouraging people to do that with the family plan. Again, like not trying, not trying to defend people's weird business practices. Like company companies like to make money. I whatever people um but but yeah like it's fine who cares no no one everybody does this everybody has like some weird thing i have imran has explained to me where our netflix and hulu and all these other things like youtube whatever the thing is now really red something like that he found some way for (laughs) us to watch aew without me paying 35 dollars for sling uh that involved youtube somehow i don't know who is in charge of that but I, you know what? That's fine. And if somebody comes to me and says, hey, you know, you're using all these services from us. Can you pay for the, the I don't know, the whatever other services left, the Hulu thing? Then, yeah, I'll pay for that one. And it's fine. I, it's fine. We're all living this way. I, I wish YouTube TV was better because, like, they are one of the people that are like, we figured it out. If you're not in the same house, you can't have a shared YouTube TV account. And it's like, mm. I hate you all. Hate you all. I just want to watch TV. Like, what's wrong with that? You but just I want to watch, watch TV. Cable. I feel like yeah. YouTube TV is one of the most luxurious, yeah. like, like, like ones to have because you always do have the option of using AdBlock if, like, you wanted to, like, do that in a jank way. So it's like if you have YouTube TV, you're like, oh no, I'm above the board. Like, I'm a member of the community. You know, I'm, I'm like servicing people, but I'm also not watching ads. Like, I'm doing it all. I feel like that's that is the most elite one you can have i'm sorry for outing myself as an elite because i leech off someone else's youtube tv <laughs> yeah, i feel like the person that has the youtube you're tv especially adjacent, if you're not like trading yeah. it off yeah you know someone which i also know someone that has youtube tv like Ma- like maggie has youtube tv because she's like i just got tired of watching ads and i'm like i can be i'm just gonna be tired like that's it like we're not gonna i'm just gonna have to click through these because i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pay for youtube tv but anyway the point is nintendo switch online paper mario it's happening. That's a cool addition. Hopefully they have, you know, more awesome additions. I think there is a world where they can pack in enough stuff that I would be interested. But and I've mentioned this all the time. I, I still play on like original hardware if I feel like doing N64 stuff. The few times I do feel like doing that because um, I'm weird and I like the nostalgia of the crummy little old dusty machines. So um, it, I think GameCube definitely could be a big appeal point. Though Sunshine's already available on the switch if you were fast enough which is another weird thing um before we move on rebecca i do want to ask you you mentioned like if they put gamecube on there like i'd lose my mind for like that one day and then i'd you know wouldn't play it again as everyone else would what would be the one game or the few games that you're you would really want to see if they did expand into gamecube skies of arcadia legends both bat and kytoses harvest moon deep cuts i was expecting like some like standard 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 things no give me the weird stuff i mean the stuff that should end up on it actually no okay if if they treated a gamecube service like they treat the nes service where they're putting just all this random stuff that no one's ever heard of all on there except like one very retro person who's obsessed with it uh, it would be all this like licensed shovelware uh but but yeah like like bad and kaito skies of arcadia the harvest moons a wonderful life and another wonderful life uh we already got mario sunshine we've already got a billion versions of wind waker so i'm happy there uh what was the other one oh i mean obviously like melee and animal crossing 
I would love to see those. Animal uh, Crossing I, would be really good. Tales of Symphonia. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, how are you liking Arise? It's good. I'm really enjoying it so far. I'm I'm like occasionally yelling at it because I feel like it's not addressing certain themes in ways that I wish it would go farther on. But I also respect the fact that it's a JRPG tackling some serious issues that I don't often see JRPGs go deep into. And also all the characters yell anime stuff when they do attacks, which I love. Yeah, you know, it's so funny because I've, I've never played a Tales game. I'm not really a JRPG person, though. I'll try my hand at stuff like as it kind of comes up. I have a rise, but I haven't played it yet. Because I'm like, it's just really long. Like, I don't know when I'm going to have time for that. But I've been really enjoying, like, reading your tweets about it, which is weird because I don't, like, know what you're talking about. Like, I've never, <laughs> like, I don't know any of these people. I don't know any of these systems. Like, you you posted a video of you, like, running in circles. And I think you were like, if you know, you know. And I'm like, I don't know. But I watched that entire clip. <laughs> I don't know what I'm looking at here. But I was, I was trying, trying to interact with the owl. I was trying to interact with the little owl. You're supposed to be able to interact with the owl. And I couldn't get the prop to come up. And then someone told me that you have to move the camera. It's It's a very, like intricate little thing it's good it's a good game it's very, it's apparently like it's, it's a tales game so it's, it's very long i have no idea how far through it i am yeah absolutely uh yeah that, that tends to be the case so hopefully that goes smoothly for you and you, you can go ahead and roll credits on that and see if they i have no idea what the core conflict is <laughs> i can't even like pretend like oh do the tales arise i don't know i don't know do what the tales arise. you know like if, if you know. now the tales just gets away with it <laughs> um know. oh gosh and with that being said uh remember that you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free and speaking of ads let us tell you about our sponsors This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. Did you know that colder weather makes it easier to miss the classic signs of dehydration like overheating and perspiration? That's why, even though it's colder out, it's more important than ever to keep your body properly hydrated. Luckily, Liquid IV makes hydration easier than ever. I love Liquid IV. Uh, There's been a ton of mornings where I'm waking up not feeling that great. Then, boom, you pour some of this in the water. Next thing you know, you're hydrated. Uh, Liquid IV is not an actual IV drip but it does hydrate you faster and more efficiently than plain old water. But that's because Liquid IV uses cellular transport technology, which is a very fancy way of saying it contains the perfect balance of vitamins to help you hydrate quicker. Grab your favorite Liquid IV flavors nationwide at Walmart, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code KFGD at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you get better hydration today using promo code KFGD. FGD at liquidiv.com. Next up, shout out to Purple. There's no gift better than the gift of a great night's sleep. Give yourself the gift of the best of the best, a Purple mattress. I have so many glowing things to say about Purple. You guys have heard it for years. The pillow changed my life because guess what? There is no hot side. You never need to flip it to the cold side because they're both cold sides. It's fantastic. Purple mattresses are the best because they're the only ones around with the gel flex grid. That's what makes all that flipping possible. It's a super stretchy, ultra squishy material that adapts and flexes around pressure points, supports and cushions you in all the right places and doesn't retain heat. Oh, and I love that. Getting a great night's sleep starts with having a great mattress. Get a purple mattress go to purple.com slash games 10 and use code games 10 for a limited time you can get 10 percent off any order of 200 dollars or more that's purple.com slash games 10 code games 10 for 10 percent off any order of 200 dollars or more purple.com slash games 10 promo code games 10 
terms apply. And finally, shout out to DraftKings. NFL fans, the fantasy football season doesn't just start in September. Every week is a new shot to win big cash prizes at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. And this week, new customers can play free for millions with their first deposit. Don't sit on the sidelines. Get in the game. Playing daily fantasy football is simple. Just pick your lineup of NFL stars while staying under the salary cap and score enough points to bring home cash. And with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes, you'll feel the NFL action like never before. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code KINDAFUNNY to play free for millions. That's right. Enter promo code KINDAFUNNY to get a free shot at millions in total prizes with your first deposit. Do not miss out. Download DraftKings and play with the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. There's a minimum $5 deposit required eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com for details i feel like this is the perfect day for me to be hosting because today is none other than jack and daxter's anniversary and they did recognize it on the playstation blog i've been talking all year it's the 20th anniversary i've been talking all year about are we gonna see anything and i didn't necessarily think that we're gonna see anything crazy like oh i Uh, yet another remastered collection because they had one of those already on the ps3 but i just figured you know i I just want something small like it could be like a you know a post a nod like a hello just any happy birthday anything that that recognizes this franchise because it uh, jack and daxter jack 2 is probably my favorite game of all time um but jack and daxter is like a close second uh the precursor legacy which is the first entry in the in the series so it's the 20th anniversary and they acknowledged it on the PlayStation blog with this write up. I won't read the entire thing because it's like bringing quotes from people, but I'll read just the, the opening graphs I thought were really lovely. And they have a couple um, fun quotes from people across the industry. So definitely check out that blog post in its entirety if you want to see a bunch of people in the industry talking about this game. But it kicks off like this. Believe it or not, 20 years have passed since a certain courageous teenager and his plucky Otzel sidekick entered our lives. Naughty Dog's Jack and Daxter, the Precursor Legacy, launched on PlayStation 2 on December 3rd, 2001. True to the Precursor moniker, this platforming debut predates the duo's eventual forays into open-world exploration, desert-bound mayhem, and racing exploits. This first game focuses on satisfying platforming, power cell discovery, and the origins of Jack's story told with cinematic flair. Jack and Daxter, the Precursor Legacy, inhabits a fascinating place within Naughty Dog's gameography, fitting between the pure platforming goodness of the Crash Bandicoot trilogy on PlayStation and the blockbuster adventures of Nathan Drake in the Uncharted series starting on PS3. Despite this title's the first title's focus on platforming, it's impossible to overlook Naughty Dog's signatures, including fluid character animation, richly detailed worlds, and engaging cinematics. I personally have fond memories of collecting every last power cell and hovering in the fantastical Zoomer vehicle. To mark the anniversary, we've invited friends from PlayStation Studios and other third-party studios to reflect on the milestone and share their first memories of jumping and double jumping into the world of Jack and Dexter. Uh, So we have uh, this first quote. I remember being really excited about the physics that had been added to the rope bridge by programmers because we had rope bridges on Crash Bandicoot, but they did not have physics on them. We were just jumping up and down and on on the bridge and maneuvering and marveling about how it reacted to Jack jumping on it. This comes from Charlotte Francis, senior tech artist at Naughty Dog. 
And we have one from Heather Finley, who's QA analyst at Insomniac, saying, Jack and Daxter was one of the games I would play at my grandmother's house when I was little. I remember that she specifically owned a console just for us when we came over to visit, and Jack and Daxter, the precursor legacy, was one of the games we would play for hours. I will forever remember how hard it was as a kid to cross the volcanic crater on the A-Gravity Zoomer, and how hard it was to catch 200 pounds of fish from that darn fisherman, which also, like, quick shout out to, like, both those things, because the Zoomer was, like, one of my favorite things in that game. And the fish the fish is still hard and that's one of those things where you know we had that conversation on is it hard because like we were kids is it hard because it wasn't well designed or is it just hard that was just challenging it wasn't like unfairly made it was just really difficult uh it was one of my it was one it was the first game that i truly considered a favorite of mine i even mentioned jack and daxter when i was interviewing for insomniac because it had such a huge impact on my life and love of games never thought i'd get the chance to work alongside such an iconic company but it's truly a dream come true and then I want to close with this quote from uh, Nicholas uh, Duquette, studio director at Team Asobi, who says, I vividly remember Jack and Daxter playing like a great interactive cartoon. The Disney-like animations, uh, the narrative, the funny relationship between the two main protagonists, it all felt like a new barrier that had been smashed. And as always, with Naughty Dog Productions, it looked stunning and played amazingly well, too. Looking at it today, I feel like this game sits very naturally between Crash Bandicoot and Uncharted. We could say it was the precursor of a great legacy. That's That one was a little too cheesy they took it too far <laughs> it took it a little bit too far on that one i do want to shout out to the disney-like animations that um nicholas mentioned because there is a 10-minute documentary that you can see on youtube and if you have you know the youtube premium you won't watch any ads when you watch it um that talks about like it's something that they made when the remastered collection came out on ps3 and the people like the animator was talking about making the animations for daxter specifically and how he drew a lot of inspiration from aladdin and how um god what's the name of like there's aladdin and then like what's the name of the little monkey I'm like blanking on his name. Yes. Abu. Like how they interacted and like kind of that swirl. And I'm like, oh yeah, like that makes so much sense. Like that I can totally see that in there. So I think the fact that I don't know if Nicholas already knew that when he made this comment or, you know, not, but I think it speaks to how clearly the animator executed on that inspiration and that idea. Um, but yeah, Jack and Dexter, happy birthday. Um, definitely a favorite of mine. Uh, Rebecca, if you haven't played this game, go play it. It's really good. It's really good. I promise I it's actually I do should, I, I do appreciate the love that people have for games about like a guy who's friends with a little guy. There's a lot of games like that. That it honestly is a really classic construction and it's funny because if you look at like I mean, a lot of studios have this, but I think like PlayStation specifically has a lot of like iconic pairs. Yeah. Um, and this is one of the ones that I think gets shout out less because it has like a, you know, it was it was touched so like long ago versus even like, you know, um, Uncharted or any of these other games. Like they have more modern entries. Ratchet and Clank just got an entry. So it's like the one that's a little bit lost to time in some ways. Um, obviously, I wouldn't say it's like, you know, obscure by any means. It was like a huge deal. And I think the, with the fact that they showed the map of Haven City in the like weird tech thing that I forgot if it was Cerny or who did that, that presentation with the shadow people. We are who could forget. I was like, boom, that's the impact of Jack and Daxter there. And they talk a lot about like open world and low times in this post and all that. Um, but yeah, like I, I love this game so much. Um, Rebecca, is there a game for you that you have like heavy love and nostalgia for still that you would like notice the anniversary of or really be excited oh. to sort of celebrate? Well, the people who listen to me yell constantly will get sick of hearing this, but obviously it's Golden Sun for me. Like that's the, nice. that, that's the game that I never shut up about. That's the game that like the, 
the the release of the lost age specifically golden sun was already out when i discovered it so i don't have as much nostalgia for the originals anniversary but the lost age when that came out i remember that being one of the first video game releases that i was like day one mom and dad take me to the store i need to get this game uh and so i i remember golden like every year it comes around and there's a twitter account that does oh golden sun is however many years old and i i think oh man man i wish they would i wish they would make a another game that isn't dark dawn uh so yeah, that's that's for me. That's the that's one. a really good one. You have like the and again, Golden Sun isn't like like unknown or anything. Like it, it is talked about, but I think it's definitely you know less discussed than other titles. Like you have like the deep cuts. It's like a medium like, cut. Oh, I, it's like a medium. Yeah, cut. it's it's it depends on how maybe casual you are for how deep of a cut it is. But yeah, like I that's one that I also really liked. I don't think I beat it, but that was like one I remember from my childhood era of having played. And it was kind of like one of the outlier games for me because I really did grow up very heavily on platformers, like which is why like I have like these random gaps of like, I'm like, oh, I didn't play that because you were like shooting stuff. And I was like, nah, we're just here to jump. Like we're just jumping around. I was from Pokemon to all JRPGs for a while. That's a, that's a, I mean, that is the pipeline, I think. That is yeah. that is the appropriate pipeline for it. But um, yeah, that's an awesome one to shout out. Uh, and then I, for lastly, I want to pull in this uh, pretty fun story about these like PlayStation meals, essentially. This comes over from Games Radar, which writes, uh, PlayStation is partnering with Deliveroo in Australia to deliver dishes based on iconic games like Uncharted 4 and The Last of Us 2. Starting today, December 3rd, three restaurants will be taking part in the hashtag PlayStation to Play campaign. Two of those restaurants, both based in Sydney, will be making dishes based on Naughty Dog games. Mary's is making the steak sandwiches offered to Ellie by Seth towards the start of Last of Us 2, spoilers, uh, while the Italian Bowl recreates the pasta dish that Nathan Drake and Elena eat in Uncharted 4 as the former wrestles with yet another adventure to call. So um, I brought this in just because I thought it was like a fun little random thing. I like weird food mashup with games but also this is like your bag i don't want to say too much because i want you to speak on what is your background with food and games because you have an interesting guys in jars look how cute they look i want to eat one i know right i'm (laughs) talking about trailer um yeah so yeah video game food is like a thing that i i am apparently into now i bet oh geez what year was it uh however many years ago i got a world of warcraft cookbook for christmas and i i made one recipe in it and it was really good and then i made another and that was really good and then before i had known it before i realized that i had made 10 recipes out of it and they were all really good and i looked at the table of contents and i said oh i could probably just make all of these and so over the next year and a half i made every recipe in the world of warcraft cookbook and that was so fun i then started doing it with the elder scrolls cookbook and then i finished that one and then I did the Mother's Cookbook, so like Earthbound and the Mother series, and I finished that one. And now I'm working on making every recipe in the Legends Cookbook, which is Legend of Zelda. I actually have uh, some seafood paella, which is a Breath of the Wild recipe um, on deck for next week. But yeah, yes. I love doing video game food. I'm not a fancy accomplished chef or anything. I, I don't think I could ever create my own recipes like these people are doing. Uh, but I, if you've got video game food, show it to me. I am so interested in how people translate uh, fictional dishes i mean like the last of us a steak sandwich like that's that, that's like is that what it was a steak sandwich like that's, a, that's yeah. a reasonable thing to make but i especially love like when it gets real fantastic weird fantasy food and how we translate that into something that someone can actually eat what's the like wildest food you've made in terms of like that kind of translation like that less concrete translation 
Oh man. So the final recipe I did out of the mother's cookbook, if you've ever played earthbound, um, I, I say, I say the name wrong all the time. Cause I've never heard it out loud. I just say it in my head and read it. Uh, mad, magicent, mad, magicent, the place with all the pink clouds. It's like this magical kind of zone that he's in. Uh, there was a recipe in there called pink cloud cotton candy, which was not actually a food in earthbound. I don't think it was just tr- to represent those pink clouds. And if you have a cotton candy machine, or if you've seen one before, you know how they work. It spins it around, but this was hand pulled cotton candy. And so what I had to do was like make candy syrup and then wait for it to cool off to a specific temperature and then flour up my hands and then twist this rope in the strands and keep that like, so turning cool. it over and over to make as many strands as possible to try to make cotton candy. I failed. My rule is it counts if I at least try it and from start to finish. So I didn't actually, like, it was, it's really hard to do. There are people, I don't remember where they got this recipe from, but apparently there's people, there's like street food vendors in like certain regions who can do this like super fast yeah. and super accurately. And it's, it's very impressive, uh, but it was weird and it was so cool. And I learned so much about how to make candy and what cotton candy even is. And yeah, that was really cool. But I've done, like, I've done a ton of weird ones. I think they call that dragon's hair, right? The yeah, that's old, what yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. Um, and then, so I was thinking, like, if you had to make a video game meal, what would you make? And then bonus points if you do one that's, like, actually, like, directly in the game already, and then one that's inspired just by the game. To either oh. of you. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Well, because, I, I mean, I already have. Like, it's hard not to just think of things that I have already made. I, You know what? I would like to make some of the stuff from Animal Crossing. I don't think I've ever done or seen a whole lot of the food in Animal Crossing. And I, like... It's weird because they just introduced cooking in Animal Crossing and I haven't really gotten into all the recipes yet, but I remember thinking, oh, like what's, what's that little coconut drink, that little drink they have in their hand when they're walking around? Like what, how, how would someone recreate that using ingredients that would reasonably be found on the island? Or I was, I was doing the Thanksgiving meal actually, but they have a character who's a turkey who is in charge of Thanksgiving. And so obviously you can't eat turkey at Animal Crossing Thanksgiving. So it's all seafood. And it's like clam chowder and seafood. I can't say that French for- word. It starts with an M. Men-noir. Sure. Whatever it is. Like that looked great. There's like, I don't know. There's like butter involved and fish. And I, I want to make that and eat it. So yeah, I think, I think that would be the thing. I would like, I don't know. Maybe one year I'll try to recreate a fishy Animal Crossing Thanksgiving. Complete with pumpkin nice. pie. I don't remember all the nuances of the question you asked, but that's my answer. No, for sure. Uh, Kev, you said during the break you had mentioned that you might have one for us. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's uh, here. I pulled up an image. Hold on. It's uh, what? Monster World? No, oh. Monster Hunter World? Yeah, that's it. That's the name Ooh, of the yeah. game. Yeah. Um, all of that looks good. The like paella thing. And then somebody that the, a YouTube channel that I really like called uh, Cooking with Babbage, I think. Binging with Babbage, yeah. Binging with Babbage, that's it, yeah. Then he did it, and it's like, look at that. That looks, I would love to make all this stuff. That would be my whole week. Like, that would be a class. And I have this problem (laughs) with, like, cooking all the time, because, like, in my house, you know, it's a it's a bunch of like us where we're already like, you know, adults and stuff. So we can all cook and we like split up the cooking where we would take like two days each or something. And then one day it's like, I just do whatever. You can get food outside or something. So like I'll have like my two days so I can like spend a little bit more time because I'm like, I only do this like once or twice a week. So it's not a big deal. But I have that problem of like when I'm making like multi dish meals, I'm like, how do I time this so that like you don't have to reheat as much if you're around to just oh, eat yeah. it? It was just like, all right, guys, it literally just finished cooking but also those wings have been sitting out there for like an hour yeah. so you're it's gonna have to eat well the, the oven has the like 
on the bottom the tray that people that it's it's used for what is it well, you know or the warming just, drawer but it's not a warming well i mean i i realized recently that it's it's, it's used for like broiler. that fancy word. Yeah, yeah the bro- yes. Broiler. Okay, yeah. it's not that fancy, but you but know, like, like... I, growing up, I always used it as a warming drawer, so it would Me- put stuff yeah. in there. Okay, growing up, I and up until like, and maybe oh. I'm like exposing myself here, but I don't care. Up until like a week ago, or not a week ago, I mean like a month or two ago, I didn't even realize that that was for like anything. I thought it just got hot like by happenstance. Yeah, I'm like that's the drawer I- that I put extra shit in. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Telling me it's dependent on the oven, not every that's oven. True. Like growing up, all of my, none of mine got hot growing up. They were all for storage. And so when I finally ended up in a place that had as a warming drawer, I, I didn't know. And I just stored a bunch of stuff under there. And then I was reaching there to get a pan. I was like, why is this so warm? What is, what is happening? And I had to look it up and yeah, some of them have it. Some of them don't. I don't think there's any reason to have shame. I had the exact same thing happen to me. (laughs) And like, I also grew up in a Latin family. So the oven was oh, had all our uh, our oven stuff in it yeah, always. But that's, everyone does that, right? Like people are just putting think, stuff in I, there. That that's is mostly, a, is that... I think, a, mostly a Latin thing, at least in my experience. Yeah, I find that we, that you know, obviously like stereotype caveat, but it's like anything can be storage if yeah, you put absolutely. stuff in it. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what um, I mean? My mom like... keeps stuff in the dishwasher, and it's like, mom, that's not what this is for. And she's like, it's fine. I'm not using the dishwasher. Use too much water. It's like, yeah, literally, I, I have like, like the amount, the lack of dishwasher usage in my life bums me out because I like the idea of the dishwasher and I get that like mm-hmm. the dishwasher doesn't really wash stuff correctly and you got to like end up rewashing a lot of it anyway. No, so I get that. Like, no, but... no, no, no. If you use pre-wash in the first slot, so you know how it's got two little slots, one where you put the yeah. pod and right next to it, there's one that has like little fins. You can pour pre-wash and that starts the washing process and it takes off. 95 percent of it like it takes it all off it really really helps but like people don't know to use that pre-wash are you telling me my dishwasher doesn't work i'm just saying maybe you're not working with it the right way <laughs> there's too much nuance i have questions in. yeah i have i have I, I often leave here with more questions than answers you guys um, there's I a, think there's a fantastic youtube channel that dived super deep into uh dishwashers and like Gets rid of a bunch of myths, including that like they actually don't use that much water. They reuse a That's lot of true. their water. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, I think it actually is more consistent, especially because like I'm not like out here washing. I mean, I'm not trying to like ruin the earth when I when I wash dishes, but sure. I'm not like slowly turning it on and then like turning it. You know what I mean? Like I that it's usually just kind of running as I'm cleaning. So, yeah. you know. If anyone is yeah. more interested in dishwashers, I think it's uh, Technology Connections on YouTube. Fantastic. You have like Thank all you. the sources today, <laughs> like coming in with the extra content. You love to see it. Um, but anyway, washing our dishes and also having dinner reverse that order is so far away. If I want to know what is coming to mom and grab shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each, each and every weekday. Today we got Happy's Humble Burger Farm, PS5, PS4, Series I'm X, sorry. Sorry. Slash S. It's all good. <laughs> Xbox One. I don't think I keep going. Of course. It's kind of nice, honestly. Uh, PS5, yeah. PS4, Series X, S1, <laughs> Xbox One, PC. Big Brain Academy, Brain versus Brain on Switch, which I feel like a lot of y'all are out in the streets clowning this game, but I am genuinely excited to play this game. Like, I liked Brain Age. I'm like, we'll do some math. Who's we'll pick out some pictures. on the Brain game? Who's doing I that? I feel like people are acting like, oh, here's Game of the Year. And like, I know it's not going to be Game of the Year, but like, I, it's just going to be a fun time. Like, Do people you know, not want to become smart and use their brains? 
like exactly like what are y'all really afraid of you know what i mean square <laughs> up in big in big brain academy brain versus brain. brain go brain to brain and tell me what the results are um but yeah i'm excited to play that <laughs> disney magical world 2 enchanted edition for switch uh danganronpa decadence for switch grim dawn for xbox one word afford for switch six souls for switch construction site driver for switch paradise lost for switch detective die the silk rose murders for switch and lost find for pc uh and as we close out i want to remind y'all that we have an nvidia geforce update uh we've partnered with nvidia to keep you updated on all the latest geforce rtx additions to your favorite games from ray tracing to nvidia dlss to nvidia reflex uh starting with icarus which is out today taking advantage of dlss and ray tracing NVIDIA and Rocketworks have collaborated to bring RTX Global Illumination to Icarus. This game-changing technology realistically simulates the natural illumination of indoors and outdoor scenes from the sun and moon and can also simulate the bouncing of light from surface to surface until the light rays dissipate, which was previously impossible at high frame rates in a real-time video game. Icarus takes full advantage of NVIDIA DLSS to boost performance. Powered by AI rendering technology and dedicated Tensor Core AI processors found exclusively on G4 RTX GPUs, DLSS speeds up frame rates by up to 80%, which while still providing image quality similar to native resolution, optimize gameplay without losing detail for the definitive Icarus PC experience. Uh, and Chorus, which is also out today, is also taking advantage of DLSS. Venture beyond the void in the fast-paced sci-fi shooter. Chorus available now with NVIDIA DLSS for up to 45% faster performance. Uh, we have some reader mail, but I'll save that for the post show. Let's take a very quick scan at your wrongs to see if we have anything. Uh, and we don't have anything. We're awesome. All we had was someone mentioning here are the, the videos Kevin is talking about for dishwashers. I like how y'all cling really fiercely to the stuff that has nothing to do with the main <laughs> runner show consistently. Like this is you're like, this is the content, the capital C content we came here for. It's good. Trying to turn uh, dishwashers into video gaming. We are trying to video game. Min I'm sure there's a dishwasher simulator out there oh, somewhere, I'm guessing. If not, someone's um, surely working on it now. Someone's literally making it as we speak, using those as reference points. Um, for upcoming hosts, we have Monday, Blessing and Tim, Tuesday, Tim and Gary Witta, Wednesday, Blessing and Andy, Thursday, Tim and TBD, and then Friday, it's TBD both times because I will be out of town. If you're watching live on Twitch, after this is Snowbike Mike playing some Halo Infinite with the community. And if you want to catch that later, you can subscribe to youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. This has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, where each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a patreon post show for those who are subbed to the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games so stick around for that until next time it's been our pleasure to serve you